From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series three, Yoga Is. You are on episode four. Yoga is a remedy for Snow White's friend, Grumpy. Even Snow White had to do a little bit of a dance to get Grumpy to be less moody. Do you know anyone, someone, who is grumpy at some stages in their day? Or maybe it feels like a long-term thing. If you say no, I need to shake your hand once lockdown is over. I would love to meet you. I want some of that karma. Yeah, for a while in my life, I seem to be attracted to the grumpy type of person. They're pretty much the pitta mind types, but often pitta mind and body types. But yikes. Thankfully, Ayurveda and yoga came to my rescue, and as you use their practices, it works through your whole system. You change in your mind, and this helps to make changes in your body. Some of the fallout is your attractions will probably change too. You may not like sweet things and prefer a different type of sweet, something that is more sustainable and supports the whole body. But also what we prefer in our mind can change too because we are altering our lifestyle. Yoga and Ayurveda together, they affect everything. But it's not magic, and I don't want you to leave thinking, if I do this or that, my life will change. It often takes years to release our mind from the cages in which we put it in. And we often go back there again because it's like a comfort zone. But you start to see the change happen progressively, and it makes you feel inspired. You begin to inspire yourself to do a little bit more every day. Being grumpy is a close relation to frustration and sadness, but the same rule applies to all doshas and the emotions that arrive. It depends on which dosha is showing up more, how to work with it because we need to find out who's running that sideshow. So frustration and irritability are very much a part of the pitta mind's activity. So frustration and irritability are very much a part of pitta mind's activity when it's accumulating. The pittas are the doers. They make things happen. They're the the guns blazing gals. And they, they tend to get the job done or they really want the job done and they want it so badly that they start to get irritated because it's not fast enough. Pitta types, generally, nothing is fast enough to get done. If I were you and I was around someone that was very pitta type driven and going into accumulation, which is like you can see that they're starting to get red in their face or they're starting to get really antsy and you know that they might just spark off or... Some people even just explode like a volcano because if they tend to be explosive and the fact that they probably have that low-grade grumpy scale running on a regular basis, yeah, don't wait around to be the target of their outbursts. Just go. You are not responsible for their behavior. And the funny thing is that this explosive nature is surrounded by people who tend to try and cull the disruptions so the grumpy has very little reason to be grumpy. But it doesn't work like that. The three overriding emotions, grumpy, which is related to anger, anxious, fearful, they all show up no matter what when the dosha is in accumulation 
and then into aggravation. They will show up even more. And they need to find ways to be expressed without the expense of upsetting someone else. But more often than not, it's the owner who also feels bad having expressed it in a way that isn't working. It's all that expectation and desire and the lack of coping mechanisms just don't work. Being grumpy, we all can own it. I do not like feeling grumpy, and it's normally because my expectations were set out from the very beginning of whatever I was running. As a quick remedy for everyone is to follow in the Bhagavad Gita's about expectation. For the rest of the day, whatever time you have left in this day, whatever you do, have no expectation. Even making that cup of tea, have no expectation that it's going to be the same cup of tea that you really liked the day before or this morning. Have no expectation that that sandwich you're going to have is not going to taste so good because it doesn't look so great. Or that the pasta you had, it won't need a lot of salt because it will probably be very tasty, and it's not. So it's to start doing it with the small things, and then as we begin to really work with this idea of letting go of expectation, all action that we have to give to others without expecting something back, without even expecting a smile back, that's a tough one. Anytime I've had said this to people, because it's probably one of the things that really stuck with me through this, this beautiful um, wisdomous book, as, <laughs> as Joey and friends would say, I'm very wisdomous. <laughs> it's just that uh, the Bhagavad Gita, it set into my cells to try and live karmic yoga, to try and live with karma without expectation, then all things will flow freely that when I hold on to my old set ideas, I'm putting a cage around myself. I'm putting a cage around my freedom. I'm putting a cage around those to which I have expectation. That's one of the remedies that isn't listed that I just thought of because I'm here. For me, being grumpy feels all wrong. It's just like I'm waiting in high water that's rushing against me. And I keep insisting I must go this certain way, even though I know there's one part of my mind keeps saying over and over, you know, it would be a lot easier if you just relax and let the water take you to flow easily through life. But that power of will and desire leading me to something I think I know better, no, it's not the good path. It's a harder path. So it's to allow the grumpy to rise in those moments and see if we can find a way to let go of them, these ideas that we have expectation for. Grumpy just does not arrive. It comes from a source of something happening within us. And this is what yoga does. Yoga brings all this awareness into how we're feeling. And this is the transformative power of yoga. That's why for Ayurveda to recommend you practice yoga, they're not just talking about the physical practice. They want everyone to find full health through the whole body system. As trite or cliche as it may sound, through your body, through your mind, through your heart, through your soul your spirit. And in between all of that, there's your breathing and your emotions and your discernment. So we start from where grumpy comes from. And the parent of grumpy is pain and loss. But actually, the parent of all emotions except love is pain, loss or fear. They're all combined together. And mainly it's fear that is our main force or drive, if it's not love. 
Grumpy wants things to be a certain way, so they have expectations, they have a map laid out in front of them. Just as life is wonderfully weird, certain ways just don't always unfold, and we get grumpy because they're not the way we wanted them to be. The first remedy I give is grumpy needs a better way to be expressed. Grumpy is internalizing this disappointment. So yoga is great for this sort of mood and it's underlying in a person. Yoga is a mood enhancer. The next, bec- uh, the na- ugh, the next be- best option is nature. But what yoga does that nature can't do is that yoga actually moves the body. Yoga does breathing. Those two will actually lift your energy and then you go into nature and then your, your heart and soul are lifted immediately. As much as nature will help us in any aspect, I think grumpiness needs to have a shift of shoulders um, pressing down into the feet, lifting up through the spine because it's that compression of our breath which really stagnates our mood and it's the prana we're trying to lift in again. That's why being in nature then is paramount to anything we do every day because prana just flies into us. So the poses I'm just going to recommend, and you can look them up if you don't understand my explanation. They're for young and old. They, they really do work. They are the best medicine you can get because it's always in you. It's there for you, these postures. And once you learn them, you can actually put your devices away and do them yourself, which is even better. I think we get really dependent on our devices, on our phones or iPads or whatever, thinking that we could never do this ourselves. But the more we begin to trust that we can do it ourselves, the more we open up the cage. So these poses clear out the breath, and they open the rib cage for better breathing, and they open our mind and give us new options of how we can work with our feelings, opening into kindness, and helping to release the physical body from this kind of curled grumpiness posture that we hold when we're grumpy. You see, I do know it quite well. So the first pose I always think which is so great is lion pose. And lion pose is very much about visualizing a lion and imagining that it's going to scare its friend. So it's like a friend walking by and the lion or the leopard is in a tree. And next thing it just wants to jump out and scare them and have a bit of a laugh. So the first pose I recommend, it's a bit of a scenario and it's from when I was working with yoga for children. But I like to give it to adults too because I think when you think of it then you just start to smile. So imagine that you're in a tree and you are a lion or a leopard and one of your best friends is walking by and you just want to have a bit of fun scaring them. You're on your knees and you lift up and out the front of the body, you take a big breath in and then As you exhale and do a roar, you extend your arms, you open your eyes and you open your mouth and you stick out your tongue. And so volcano pose, you have your feet wide and your arms, your hands are on your hips and you wiggle your legs until you feel like you're really pressing into the earth. And then as you bring your hands to your heart in prayer pose, when you're ready, you bend your knees and you press down into the earth. And as you're ready to explode, you take a big breath in, lift your arms straight up and jump up high to the sky and shout it out like an exploding volcano. And then the last one is bow pose. 
And this is difficult for a lot of people who have limited mobility. Laying flat on the floor, we'll just do the, the modification first. You stretch your right arm straight out and your left arm is by your body. Both legs are together and then you bend your right knee and you bring your right hand, you swing it out to the side and you touch the ankle, your sock or the whole of your foot with your right hand. And what we try and do is we try and press that right leg away from the body so your right shoulder is lifted and it ends up giving you an arch on the right side. It's just a moderate arch. And then you would change sides. You'd stay there for a breath or two, lifting up and really opening the heart, and then you relax down and flatten your body on the earth. But the next stage then would be both arms stretch back. The knees stay closer together, and then you press into both feet and you arch. And so that's bow pose and you relax down and you stay on the earth for a few minutes breathing. And that's a super mood enhancer. It's so good for pizzas it, because it's actually moving the heated energy out of the central body. Number two of the remedies is looking after ourselves. So lifestyle is huge in Ayurveda. Eating at the wrong time doesn't help our emotions in any way, not for anyone. The body needs regular nourishment at the same time every day if possible and food that actually is really easy to digest and making sure to chew your food. Most pitta people, pitta types, mind types especially, they don't chew their food enough. One way to work with it, you know, if you're just learning about Ayurveda is to make sure that you first of all avoid foods that irritate your dosha or your agony balance, that digestive fire, which is in series two, it's all about digesting our life. And that's not so much about foods, but actually about how to digest our life better. So I, I really enjoyed doing series two. Not that I'm not enjoying doing this one, <laughs> get myself all wrapped up in a knot. Um, foods that don't help us specifically are all foods with refined, refined sugar in them. So that's anything processed generally has some form of a lot of refined sugar in it. And refined sugar really is the first thing that helps our body malfunction. And this malfunction generally begins in the liver or the kidneys, where the sugary substance is really hard for the body to translate because it's refined. So if you think of it, our liver is that point in where everything changes and moves into the system. It comes in one way, and then the body translates it, shifts it, and nourishes the datu or cells. But when it's refined, it's confusing the whole body. And although we, our body actually can work with refined sugar because we're living with it for so long, it's still the body will work much better and heal much faster if we're not using it at all. And it's a big ask for anyone. But if you have long-term problems, removing sugar, you will definitely find within the space of three months that things will really change in your body. One of the other things about pizza is that it owns the liver. So if the liver is having to work harder to cope with refined products, this increases its activity. And because pizza is the hot dosha and the one that helps to filter our agony, this increases pizza and makes it hotter. And if you remember that basic rule of Ayurveda is like increases like. So a pitta-type person may find that they have a low-grade frustration running along, but, I mean, that is a part of 
their whole body being pitta type they do get frustrated because their patience is a little bit more limited than a kapha type definitely because kaphas are earthy and heavier they really have a lot more patience and they have a sense of calm oozing from them that doesn't mean they don't get grumpy they get grumpy and kind of sad pittas get grumpy and then irritated and vatas their grumpiness then is grumpy and then it kind of like fizzles out or it just disappears you know it's very quick it's heightened and drops quite low again i sort of think that grumpiness is a blend of pitta and kapha together those those two but also very much about the the gunas how rajas and that inert tamas are combining and the balance between them is vitiated or incorrect so when i get frustrated it's coming from something that i'm doing that i really want to get it over and done with mainly computer problems i think i just get too frustrated i i know now that i need to leave the situation and do something that will remedy this emotion so like last october i had a really bad problem with my website and if you see my website before yeah it's all changed because of that it was very beautiful before but i had to let that go until i can get it sorted even in losing that that lovely thing that i had with the website it was really hard to let it go but it was more about learning to manage my frustration and my intense so anytime you hear someone say something about intense it's it's a pitta emotion so it was very intense time for me in october and i was trying to learn about podcasting which was really really intense as well <laughs> so if we continue to just move through our lives with these emotions these low grade emotions that that pop up and drop down we're never really getting to the the root of the problem and we just keep repeating these patterns even as we get older and the patterns as much as they are keeping us in a place that we understand they're actually not doing us any favors for our health of body and mind because they they're not relieving us of these emotions they just they're just another format they're just another viewpoint of it and it's the exact same reaction over and over to be honest i wish i had known about ayurveda <laughs> when i was younger just really um because i would have had a lot more awareness so number 3 remedy is snow white really wanted things on an even keel she had a lot going on and so she really wanted to keep her friends safe from inner and outer harm and trying to keep grumpy lifted but if she had done a little bit of yoga with him she would have seen that he would have been much happier learning to breathe better is a life-changing practice i feel like that saying of grin and bear it it came from this old pranayama practice if you're not familiar with yoga as a full body system healing system yoga uses pranayama which is a breathing practice and its technical meaning is prana restraint but that they used that phrase back in the day when students of yoga had a one to one with their guru the guru is the one that sheds light and nowadays we have devices that shed blue light in our brains and heat up our pitta at night and giving us more heat in our brain than we actually need and not helping our eyesight i would love us all to learn to let go of it at night become less dependent on the blue lights shedding light for us i don't advise anyone to use this saying of prana restraint or breath restraint i don't believe restraining or straining in anything you do will be helpful 
But I just wanted you to understand that that was where this word, this beautiful word has come from. It kind of just rolls off your tongue, pranayama, isn't it? It's just so soft and, and smooth, and yet there's a heat about that phrase. The pranayama practice of sadanta, bringing your teeth together, and the tip of your tongue touches to the back of your front teeth. But you open your lips a little bit. When you breathe in, you're actually bringing the breath into your mouth. It slides along the sides of your teeth, on the outside of your teeth, and then you exhale through your nose. So this is a real cooling practice specific to pizza. It really works for hormonal imbalances and definitely works for grumpiness. It's unreal, isn't it? How I mean, that's 5,000 years old practice and was used for people to help sustain their pitta levels. It was given as an actual medicine, and that's why one of my main taglines is live your medicine, change your world. Because a medicine, I think, nowadays has moved towards more GP medical science hospitals, but the real medicine comes from within us and our kitchen. The next practice is swimming. I know, grumpiness can be soothed by swimming because of the coolness of water, the fluidity, just having that silkiness move through the body, around the body. Pittas are the ones that can use the cool water practice more than anyone else. But I think we all have to stay within the realms of our comfort zones when we're using new practices. The fifth tip or secret is yoga nidra and yoga nidra about water. Meditations on love and compassion, meditations on mountains or joy. The last remedy I think most of you can guess is let it go. Do a frozen on it. The mind, everything is about the mind. The mind, the mind, the mind. We have to let it go. We all suffer from overdoing, overthinking. Stress doesn't just arrive. First, there's this low-grade tension, but we all have tension. We all need tension. It's a motivator. It's rajas. The thing is that if we continue to let that snowball and get bigger and bigger, then rajas becomes the overriding behavioral factor, this disruption. It can undo everything that we've been doing as well. When we learn the tools of letting go, and for those who get frustrated, this this is really more about the need to have things a certain, a specific way. But how would our life be without this going on, this underlying cause of needing things a certain way, because often when we let things be the way that they should be, the way that they should unfold, it can actually work so smoothly. So, you know, it's like the Monica factor in Friends, where she had to have things a specific way. And although they often worked out well, they always worked out better when she wasn't stressing about it, because everyone was relaxed and enjoying the process of, you know, the weddings or whatever else was going on. I think it's always a good reminder to, ha- to know that time can't be rushed. And time also, how we navigate it, creates frustration and discomfort. We want change now, but change now would give us only something new to want different. So how about appreciating the frustration for what it is and let it dissolve, recognizing it appearing through complaining, through grumbling, through dispersed energy, And then inquire, but not examine, the basis of the discomfort. So examination is like a forceful, I need an answer right now. Inquiry is letting the answer bubble up. Because inquiry is not about picking apart our current scenario. We don't want to go back into the thinking processes. We want to feel the whole body system can give us the answer 
when it's clear. So I think I've given you um, plenty of tools there for how yoga is a remedy for Snow White's friend Grumpy. And, you know, with the lockdown ongoing, I just want to say that I do recognize frustration an awful lot. I feel like frustration is a bit of a nymph. She pops in and out and she tries to tease my frustration to make it bigger and to increase my will of trying to allow frustration to grow. But this isn't going to make me feel better. It's not going to heal my mental health. In fact, it's hindering my immune system having this frustration because it's wasting energy that is actually pulling away from my immune system. And and I want my immune system to be as strong as possible for the next, uh, well, forever. So I feel like it's just time wasting. It's just a part of my younger child in me really seeking attention for the three-year-old that wants more candy in the, in the sweet shop. And this dissatisfaction also feels like a teenager thing, that I, I don't like it this way and I want it changed. Of course, I want it changed, but there's nothing I can do right now. Things are in place that things will change again, obviously. And so I need to find ways to balance out how I am now and that this is how it is rather than me allowing the feelings of dissatisfaction and incomplete to be very present. I know right now things are just as they should be. And how are you now? Thank you for joining me today. And, you know, Snow White and hey, where'd you go? Where's Grumpy? Oh, Happy has arrived now. I think we should inquire, how does it feel to be happy? What is the source? Is it a sense of wholeness? Calm or complete? Do you feel that? I'm going to go do a lion pose. Thank you so much for joining me. And may peace be at our every step. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.